Welcome to the Antisocial Show. So I'm going to be looking – if I do look stuff up, it will be on the iPad, I guess, because I'm trying – I don't want it to crash on my end. Okay. Because I think, I think when it crashes on one of our ends, then it that's what doesn't – that's why the recording doesn't doesn't take – or I'm sure it's one of the factors. Could be. I think, we're doing, I think we're doing everything else right. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. I mean it's – it's when our equipment actually wants to cooperate so that we can do this awesome fucking show, but it won't, you know, like my laptop wants to be a dirty fucking whore right now, or last night anyway, you know? <laughs> right, right, well. Okay. Yes, so, audience, everyone out there listening, Hunter Hunter's laptop is a dirty hoe, and sometimes she doesn't like to work, and I'm pretty sure that if this thing could, could you know walk and talk and have free thinking, it would probably have voted for Trump. Oh, shit, I went there. <laughs> yeah. So it's been kind of a slow news cycle lately, huh? Oh, it's been, a, it's, 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 Good it's Lord. been crazy past couple of days what transpired in, in our great land of America. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I watched, uh, did you watch any of the coverage? I did actually. I um, well, as you know, I've been following the whole thing for the past eighteen months, like religiously. And I um, that night during the election, I, I was like glued to my chair pretty much like the entire time, you know, watching everything that was transpiring between a couple of different uh, news stations or channels on TV. And it was just, I mean, I was kind of hoping that we could come on to congratulate our first female president that we've had, but unfortunately that's not the case. So, hopefully next time. Hopefully. There was uh, quite a few interesting trending uh, hashtags. There was uh, hashtag um, I'm still with her. Uh, there was a hashtag um, not my president. And um, hashtag Michelle Obama 2020. I would like that actually. but It'd be interesting. I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting, but I don't think – I mean, he already ran. Uh, Obama did. He already ran – you know, he were, he already served like two terms, so there's no way he can serve again. So, I mean, this show for, for our very small audience right now, and I, I know that we do have a couple of, you know, steady followers or listeners, but we are not a political show, and we normally don't talk about politics. So, but everywhere that you turn – there's been politics or people bashing people, you know, oh, fuck you, you fucking Hillary lover, you know, it's, it's, 
But, you know, I, I think it's time to kind of get away from the whole politics thing for a little while, you know, get in our own heads, and that's what the anti-social show is for. You, you come here, you know, for for the awesomeness, the, the, the chaoticness, the, the love, and the funnies. I talked about how the, um, the Strange Time show was uh, reaching its 200th mark, right? Remember that? I remember this. Yeah, so... All the pe- like a lot of people were were sending in audio clips to them so that they could upload to the show when they actually upload it. So oh. I was one of them, and apparently I won an award for using the the word fuck the most. In fact, I have the audio recording that I want to share with our fans because I, I think they would enjoy listening to it. I mean, I really just dropped the f word, and to- now you have to understand that I I did this prior, you know, to get back on the on the presidential. Uh, uh, election for a little bit for a second. I did toward the back end of this recording. I did mention Trump, and at the time that I mentioned it, it was funny. But now, kind of like it's not the back end of it. I don't think is kind of funny anymore because now it's reality. You you know what I mean? Sure. Okay. I haven't heard the uh, the recording. All right. Here we go.
how fucking great is this? You can actually fucking take a shit and listen to this shit because that's exactly what it is, fucking shit. So support these motherfuckers. You know what? Happy fucking 200th, you fucking pieces of fucking... You fucking pieces of repeating shit. Fuck you, goodbye. Peace. And that's it right there. That's the old beatnik clap for you. A couple of snaps. I'm doing the old beatnik clap. We go back and forth, and you snap, 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 snap. That was an interesting uh, contribution. So, did they did they air that on the uh, on the show? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're um, they, they they edit. I don't know if the, the, that whole clip is going to be in there, but it's uh, <laughs> definitely going to be up there for their uh, 200th. So, again, to our strange time uh, strange times uh, friends, uh, congratulations, and uh, well, we hope to reach you someday. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Two hundred. That's a quite a milestone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's. I mean, for for podcasters, and you know, certainly you and I know this now. Um, for hmm. podcasters, we have lives that consist outside of well, this realm. You know. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, we you know doing the editing, the promoting, you know, setting time aside to to actually record these. I mean, it, it does take a lot. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to do sometimes because when you want to do the show, you know, sometimes life gets in the way of that. So you have to always kind of sometimes like reschedule like last night, for example, we were going to do the show or even last Sunday when you and I just had no energy to, to jump on and do this. We're like, okay, we'll do it Wednesday. And then I was having some technical, you know, difficulties with the computer. So, you know, life does get in the way sometimes, but to actually yeah. be able to sit down and, and actually do a show is, is I love it. It's 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 like an addictive drug to me. You know, it's can't you know stop getting my high. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know it's a good time. I enjoy. Um, I certainly enjoy the uh, the opportunity to have a conversation about stuff. Oh, um, absolutely, dude. I mean, I mean, knock on wood, we've had you know four uh, four good shows so far, and um, you know so. Oh, thanks. I mean, thank you. yeah, thank you. That's a, that's um, I, mean, I have one that I'm editing right now. Um, that'll probably actually be show five. Wrong. Oh, show five. That that will probably be show five. Yeah. Wrong. So is this show six? Uh, this is six or seven, but probably more likely six, closer to six. So wrong. Okay. See, again, everyone, I am completely lost because Tyson's the one that handles all that technical stuff so if, if i happen to say it's show five or show six and it happens to be show seven you just don't you know just ignore me five three sir three three uh, but just so you know that you will kneel before zod yeah yes hey remember zod when zod was on combat radio oh yes absolutely now i wonder what um what that person's doing now you know, I have no idea because so many, so many, like, I mean, th- I mean, the the whole, com- as I like to call it, the combat radio universe, because it is very massive. Um, well, that's one of the reasons why I don't know. It's not, uh, I mean, there's so much going on in, in, at any given point that it's hard to follow everything. Oh, so. exactly, because there's, there's, you know, thousands of contributors and, you know, uh, different people that run different uh, social media pages for, for combat radio. It's just hard to uh, keep track of like everybody, you know. But certainly, yeah. So let's see. Uh, well, for combat radio, you know, you got uh, General Zod, you got Zartan from Cobra, Cobra Commander. I mean, there, there's a slew of. 
Just oh yeah. Different people or characters as as they've embraced or cosplaying, really, because that's now the the correct terminology for that. So there's you know thousands of people that that contribute, and it, and it's you're right. It's it's hard to follow everybody's doings, you know. Certainly. Yeah, it's uh you know even following them on various social media is like uh the people who I uh follow on Instagram I get to see more I get to actually see what they're doing occasionally or at least what they're photographing and even then it's not like I don't I don't have time to just sit and be glued to all these various things uh which but, but it's nice though yeah that to have it available there to have it you know it's you know I could see how it would be, become very easy to get lost in that sort of thing I can imagine I mean, I, I think that if you actually sat there and, and you know, tried to follow everyone that's combat, you know, radio-related, I think that hmm. would turn you into a troll. Not necessarily a bad troll, but probably a troll. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. You mean like a, an ancient, an actual mythical creature or like, like know, a... Like a uh, I mean, I'm talking like a, a, like, a, like a social media troll. I mean, that's, that's, the, oh, okay. that's the other... That's a term that, you know, has been given to these people because all they do is just sit in front of their computer. And, I mean, a lot of people sit in front of their computer and look stuff up. That's that's okay. But these people are looking for trouble. So what they do is they, they go to, you know, different pages and they, they scroll through the comments just to, you know, pick on somebody. And that's what trolls do. They're, they're just social media trolls, really. Aha. I have something to share with you. Speaking of trolls, you may, I don't know if you've heard this song or not, but uh, <laughs> this amuses me. Uh, uh, this is one of those things that practically everybody's probably already heard of. Um, not to say that you know you should have, but I mean like it's it's something that there are going to be people like, Duh, I've heard of this before, and be like, yeah, I know, but I still enjoy this. This is a, something that's been around for a while, and I found it kind of late, but you know. There you go. So let's see here. Did that go through? Yeah. So let's see what you got. Uh, Trollo lyrics. Is that, am I saying that right? I think it's Trollolo. Okay. Trollolo. Let's see. I yeah, I've not seen the one with the lyrics because uh, I assume. Uh, I the, <laughs> oh I wow. The lyrics right here. I uh, it plays and then the at the bottom of it 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 has the uh, the lyrics. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going. Oh my god, this is hilarious. Ah. 
That was fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> He's made like an entire song just like of la 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 la's and I, I know. Funny. It's bizarre, isn't it? That is bizarre, it's, but it's it, it's it's still funny though. I mean, how he was, I mean, how he was able to do that, and he had like that smile though. It's like you know, it was kind of like a psychotic grin, like I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, it's almost like a. I mean, it's almost like a. Gosh, I mean, it's you know, pantomime is silent, but I mean, it's like it's almost like a. Like a human um, puppet act, kinda, you know. Now these are sort of visually, it seems like it, you know. It's like there's something unreal about the performance, but it's, you oh, know, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like almost a, it's it's very controlled. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, it's hard to do what he's doing, but I mean, you know, it takes a lot of lung power and concentration and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's a funny uh, funny presentation. Now that was a funny song, but here is now the world's most creepiest song. I think here you go. All right. Here's the, okay. Here it is. Here's like a smaller clip because, well, no, it's only like one one minute and 13 minutes. But to me, this is now the creepiest song ever. So here you go. All right. <laughs> Tiny Tim. creepy oh yeah it's tiny tim i'm familiar with that song yeah, i actually I mean, heard that i mean it was it's it's um he's definitely a good singer but for some reason in in a few horror movies um they well, oh. i know they played uh that in an episode of the walking dead and oh really so i'm not sure what other movies it, it wasn't the conjuring and it was one of those type movies that they played that song and it was just it oh really became creepy Wow, I mean, I love it when they uh, when they put songs in movies and somehow manage to ironically juxtapose them with what's happening, or or it's, or it's, it complements the scene in a really strange way. It's like like the different like remember Groundhog's Day? Oh yes, I do. Do you remember the song that would come on every every morning when his clock radio goes off? Yes. What I mean, would you I remember? What was the song? But not like the. Well, what it's called? It's okay. That's 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 my that's my dumb trivial brain doing that. It's it was uh, Sunny and Cher's uh, "I Got You, Babe." Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we go flick. Let's put your little hand in mine. There you know that you know. And then in a couple of the times when he wakes up, he's just just you know, a fist comes down on the clock. He's just you know, the, the clock gets destroyed a few times because he keeps doing it over and over again. I and then uh, try to commit suicide over and over again after a while. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I remember that was kind of sad. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's a good movie though. It's up and down. You know, it's like it's mostly just a. It's almost a perfect movie, actually, in some way. I mean, I I love uh, Bill Murray. I think he's a he's he's a genius. So I mean, you can't go wrong with a Bill Murray movie. Oh no, it's hard to. I I, I certainly haven't seen every Bill Murray movie, but I've seen most of them, and uh, I I mean, that's there are quite a few of them. We could probably go through a list of them and chime in on whether or not we've seen them. Uh, might as well. Let's see. I'll put them into here. Uh, I have something else to look for you to look at later. Um, I think you might enjoy. There's something for Halloween since that just passed recently. Ah, uh, 
All right. So let's see here. If we can get his uh, discography. No, wait, that's a <laughs> that's a joke. I have a list of film. This is uh, according to Wikipedia. This is a filmography of Bill Murray. So some of these. <laughs> okay. All right. So 1976. All right. Okay. He had an uncredited role in a movie called Next Stop Greenwich Village. I have not seen this movie. Neither have I. Okay. 1978. Uh, with the role Murray the K, the movie All You Need Is Cash. This is another movie I have his I have not seen. Also from 1978, Tarzoon, Shame of the Jungle. He, his role was a reporter's voice, and it says the note is in the English version. So I'm guessing there is a non-English version of this, and he was uh, – anyway, he was the voice in the English version. So I have not seen that movie either. Nope. Now, here comes one of his uh, more recognizable films uh, from the 70s. It's a 1979 film called Meatballs. Now, now that I saw – See now, I haven't seen that one either, but I—that's one of those Bill Murray classics. So, was how, how long ago did you see that? Uh, roughly, roughly. A while ago, but um, from what I remember, the, the the meatball movies were were pretty funny. That one was my particular favorite. <sighs> yeah, I haven't. So that was—that's right. They've made at least four. Uh, yeah, and and the fourth one, I think it's the fourth one, had uh, Corey Feldman in it. I was just going to ask because yeah, I think I remember seeing a, uh, a picture of it. It was Meatballs Four, and there was Corey Feldman on the cover. So yeah, I don't even know what Meatballs is about. Is it like summer camp or something like that? Uh, yeah. Well, that that oh. um, it's about summer camp, but the fourth one was like a summer camp, and it was like a um, some type of like water sport uh, camp, like you know, oh, okay. skis and stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's like where you learn to go work at the uh, the park in Jaws three. <laughs> so, no, or you just have fun. Okay, so let's see. So Meatballs, yeah, and he played a character named Tripper, Tripper Harrison. Tripper Harrison. And the notes here say he was nominated for a Genie Award for Best Performance by a Foreign Actor. Oh, did he? Yeah, so a foreign actor. So was it not an American-made film? Hmm. Now that. Or is because. I'm gonna have to look that up later because that's that's almost worth clicking on. But we have it's a long list of films. So let's see. Nineteen also in 1979, Mr. Mike's Mondo Video. He played Man on the Street. I have seen Mr. Mike's Mondo Video, but it's been a while. I have not. Was it good? It was pretty funny. What I remember of it, I would actually like to see it again because I only remember certain little parts of it. Uh, it was written mostly by uh, Michael O'Donohue, who was uh, one of the original, he was a triumvirate of Lauren Michaels, Chevy Chase, and Michael O'Donohue when Saturday Night Live started. And they were the main writers uh, for uh, most of the first year. Uh, and uh, yeah, Michael O'Donohue's history with SNL and entertainment in general is pretty interesting reading. If you get a chance, I recommend looking him up and seeing what he contributed and looking at some of his sketches uh, his early stuff that he wrote on Siren Live, and and also he, I think he he even uh, t- read, wrote an early draft of the movie Scrooged, but it got uh, it got kind of softened around the edges a bit more. And his version was much darker. I see. I like darker versions of things. Um, I mean, it was already pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dark. I mean, it, yeah, right. It is. It is pretty dark. I mean, I all right. You know, speaking of uh, of the you know speaking of Scrooge, mm-hmm. I. Thoroughly enjoyed um, Bill Murray's ad- adaptation of the movie Scrooged. Or was Scrooged? I think was Bill Murray's adaptation. I believe it was called Scrooged. Yeah, you're, uh, a Christmas Carol. Yes. Was was the story? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, skipping ahead to 1987. I don't know, 80 something like that. 
Uh, 88. That was close. Okay. But there's a couple more to go. Yes, I enjoy that. We'll touch on that in a moment. Uh, let's see here. So 1980, a movie called Where the Buffalo Roam, the first screen portrayal of a, a real-life character known as Hunter S. Thompson. That's what he played. This, I is, I, this one I have seen. I should watch that again because he, he did a really good impression of Hunter S. Thompson. Apparently, Hunter, apparently Mr. Thompson was not happy with the film by all reports that I've read. Um, but it's a longer story. Um, I mean, I, sometimes it does happen. Like if you take, like for example, the um, not to get away, too far away from the topic, but we all know the um, Stanley Corbett version of, of The Shining, right? And how classic it was. And Stephen King did not absolutely did not like uh, that version of it. He thought it sucked. Mm. All right, the Stanley Kubrick version. Yeah, yes, uh, Stephen King didn't like it, so later on. Yeah. Yes, because if you actually if you read the if you read the novel, um, which I didn't, and then you read Stanley, uh, and then you watch Stanley Corbett's version of of the, the Shining, there are many mm-hmm. many many different changes between the book and the movie. So mm-hmm. years later, Stephen King did a remake of it himself, and the remake is more uh, in line with the book. Really? Yeah. Is that the one with Stephen Weber? I, I mean, I grew up with the original Shining. I, I loved it, but apparently King did not. Yeah, so, is that was that the version with Stephen Weber that uh, that uh, Stephen King enjoyed? Oh, you're talking about the, the the remake? Yeah, it was just the one remake, right? Yeah, it was just yeah. He was uh, he was actually um, he was actually he, he himself was in the in the the remake. Oh, I didn't. Okay, you see, I never saw the remake. I I, I meant to, but I, I never did. I actually enjoy the Stanley Kubrick, uh, Jack Nicholson film. Um, I I also enjoy a lot of the uh, mythos surrounding it. And uh, there's a great documentary uh, called Room Two Thirty Seven about. Uh, where there's these various conspiracy theories about what the secret messages in Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining are, and it's yeah. pretty funny. I'm uh, I'm familiar with that. Um... It's hilarious. I think I've seen it like once or twice. It is. It is. You know, we may have talked about it. But we may have already talked about it. Sorry. A, uh, I do enjoy Jack Nicholson. So, I mean, there's not too many films that he has done that I dislike. But um, Yeah, I can't think of... Um... I mean, I've seen, I've probably seen most of his movies too. No, that's, that's not possible. He's made far more movies than I've seen, but I have seen quite a few of them. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, let's see. We were at 1980. There's actually, he had one, two, three, four films that came out within 1980. And so there was, but where the Buffalo Roam, then there was one called the missing link. He played is the voice of the dragon. And it was also English version and uncredited, so that'd be interesting to look up later. 1980, of course, brought Caddyshack. Ah, uh, yes, probably Caddyshack, another great one. Yes, as Carl Spackler is listed, that I have seen a couple of times. I'll tell you, that film had a lot of hype surrounding it when I was growing up. Uh, in 1980, I would have been six years old and would have had no business watching an R-rated movie, so there was some time before I got to see this film. And then when I did, I was like, yeah, okay, I mean, I like... Chevy Chase and like Bill Murray, but the rest of it's kind of like, eh, you know. And then later I saw it, I'm like, oh, I get, I get why this is funny. So yeah. later, it just, it sort of grew on me. Didn't but I mean, it, it was hyped. Didn't he play like the the crazy guy that was trying to take out the gopher? Yes. yes. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That stuff was that that really got really funny. 
Um, okay, let's see here. We're getting closer. Okay, two. So yeah, we. Oh, um, 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 um. Okay, so after Caddyshack, there's a movie called Loose Shoes, which uh, he played a character named Lefty Schwartz. I've not heard of that either or seen it. Ah, but 1981, of course, the Private John Winger in the movie Stripes. That I did see. That's a good one, yeah. Yep. I've seen that one a couple times. I saw that one also later because it was another one of those R-rated movies. So, uh, and in 1981, I was seven years old, for those of you keeping track. Um, I was one years old. And God, why would you? You, was one, you were one years old, okay. So 1982, played Tootsie. So wrong. He was in Tootsie. He played Jeff Slater in Tootsie. He was a... Uh, Justin Hoffman's roommate in that. It's a little part, but it was, I mean, well, no, it was a little part. It was, he didn't, he wasn't, didn't have a lot of screen time, but it was great. It was really, you know, it was, it was him. It was a good job. It was fun to see him. Um, but then, of course, in 1984, apparently he didn't do any, anything that was released in 1983, at least not according to Wikipedia. Um, but there was a lot of stuff coming out in 83, a lot of 3D movies, if you recall. <laughs> Mostly horror films in 3D, uh, like just. Like, that's a lot of truly the um I want to say it was the the age of the slasher films. Oh yeah, it's very safe to say that absolutely. Um there were certainly some companies that definitely uh, uh did very well in the 80s thanks to to uh blood and violence and uh, uh big budget low budget films. <laughs> I mean, and all my favorite zombie movies are from the from the 80s. I mean, as many like monsters and zombie movies that were produced of that of that decade. Um, definitely, the slasher movies ruled the whole genre. I mean, you had you know uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, you had the Friday the Thirteenth. You had Halloween. You had um, Nightmare on Elm Street. In uh, in the eighties. Oh yeah. Oh no! I think Halloween was in nineteen in the late seventies. Yeah, no, no, I believe it was the first one was in nineteen seventy eight. Ah, okay, yeah, it was right on the cusp of the. Yeah, yeah it's getting there. So but yeah, absolutely. They also have the, the 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 franchise. There was a couple that were released, obviously, in the eighties, and then. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's it's. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't as many as you know. Let's say the the the, the Nightmare on Elm Streets or the the Friday the Thirteenth movies, but it uh, yeah it definitely held its own though. Of course. Speaking of Friday the Thirteenth movies, my wife and I just went through those, so she's finally seen all of them. Um, we just watched Jason Ten, and I think that was the first Friday the Thirteenth movie we saw together back in two thousand three. I think it was. And uh, and then we saw Freddy versus Jason, but she hadn't seen any of the other films, so we started watching them recently. And uh, she's now seen all of the all of the all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Wrong. Sorry, all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and she's uh, seen five out of the. I guess there's eight Nightmare on Elm Streets if you count the reboot, but. Uh, Mm-hmm. There might be eight. Yeah, because there was seven was the new nightmare, and then uh, then that was the end of the original series, and then they uh, did that reboot that I did. I didn't see that one, but I've seen I've seen everything but the reboot. Oh, yeah, I, I have the see. This is one of my OCD things that you know, comes into play. Mm. There's something that's and if there's something that is part of a collection, and I happen to be collecting it, whether I like it or not, I have to have it for the collection. You know, otherwise, the co- the collection is incomplete, right? 
Sure, yeah. So I have every Friday the 13th movie, and I have every Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And But the thing about it is I, I do absolutely do not like the, the reboot of um, – Nightmare on Elm Street because, and the reason why I don't like it is, as as everyone knows that you know Freddy Krueger himself was was a was a neighborhood child, you know was a neighborhood child slasher or killer whatever you want to call him right, right who got who got caught and you know he was uh, let go because of some evidence or whatever it was and the parents got pissed off and here comes a spoiler alert um, they they barbecued <laughs> his ass you know, to take right. revenge well at least certain right. parents did of the neighborhood and they they hid the body and they you know did away with it and they forgot about it or whatever right. that's all he was he, he was just a child you know he was a child killer that that's it you know he had a house he was married he had a wife and daughter and all that which you don't find out until part six i mean you knew he had the house because that's you know pretty much where all the kids go when they dream right pretty much the reason why i did not like the the, the reboot and i'm, I'm going to give this away i'm sorry everyone if you knew if you didn't see it you know, fast forward through this this part, but well, I didn't see it either. Huh? <laughs> I haven't seen it either. Well, so you, you don't want me to, you don't want me to tell you the, the story then? Is it a big? Is it one? It's a. Is it a huge difference between the? Uh, oh yeah. Between. Oh, I guess I could I could take it. Sure, why not? Okay. That's all right. I'll probably forget about it by the time I see it anyway. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. So the huge difference between the the remake Freddy and the old Freddy was, like I said, you know, like I said, he, he was a normal guy. Everyone thought with a house, wife, and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the remake has him as a child toucher that lived in a school basement that was like, you know, touching all the little kids, and that, and that's why they barbecued his ass. It's not because he killed anybody; it's because he was a child toucher. And to me, that completely just fucked it all up it ruined it i i just did not like what they did to the remake and did you see the the remake to friday the 13th i gosh you know i think i saw most of it i don't know if i finished it uh and i can't i can't remember how it ended i've seen parts of it i've seen at least half of it and it was been it's been a while it came out 13th it was 2009, so I mean, yeah. like, we were talking a while ago. Yeah. The, the remake for that was basically they cut out all the other movies that were attached to it, right? Well, it's a reboot, isn't it? Yeah, the reboot did. So basically, combined, as everyone knows, I mean, if you walk up to somebody and say, you know, who's the killer in Friday the 13th, right? They're automatically going to name Jason Voorhees, right? Because he's the guy in basically every Friday the 13th. But... Technically, it's well. a fallacy because if you you say, name me the killer in Friday the 13th, it's not Jason, it's Mrs. Voorhees, right? Jason's mother, right? Right, right, right. So they yeah. completely, in the reboot, they completely cut out Mrs. Voorhees. Wrong. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. In the, what? No, no, no. All right, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. They, they uh, have her as already dead and instead of having oh. her alive. They they have her dead like a like a shrine like in part uh, I want to say two yeah like in part two remember at the end of part two where she oh, yeah. on the table just her head and her shirt totally yeah her sweater yeah that thing yeah so that's so in the reboot that's how they have it depicted so it's not her going around killing anyone it, it's it's basically Jason and they made him more human than what he's supposed to be which is a supernatural being that is taking revenge for the death of himself and his mother, basically. Well, he certainly became a supernatural being, but, I mean, 
in the first Friday the 13th proper film, he was just, he was a kid in a story and then a kid in a flashback. And then by the time they made the second one, they're like, let's make him a real guy, you know, that, that still is alive. And he was uh, running around with a burlap sack, sack over his head. And he had hair and it wore overalls and, you know, and uh, you get to see him briefly and in that movie. And then he gets his mask in, uh, in three and then uh, that mask gets a chip in it and he gets a machete in part of the head. And that's when he gets, uh, you know, that's when he is killed. Oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, then in, he, in part two, you're right. He's, he looks like a farmer, basically. He's got the burlap sack. And then in part three is when they completely decided to do like a major overhaul. And actually, here's another here's another interesting fact about that since we're talking about part three. Sure. Is part three is the only um, the only time that you will ever see Jason Voorhees smile when his mask gets temporarily removed. Really? Yes, sir. He sm- he smiles. He smiles. I mean, is it is it an actual smile or is it smile shaped? No, it's an I mean, smile. like. Okay. Well, you know what I mean. Like, you know, you can smile and you can show teeth, and they're not really the same. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like one, yeah, one, one looks like a smile, you know. So, but it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm gonna have to look for that again because I, 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 God, that's creepy. So you were describing Jason in uh, part three. Uh, yeah, I think so. Now that we've gotten completely off the subject of Bill Murray's film titles. Oh, we can come back to Bill Murray. I definitely got. I'm. I've got the page still up because the, the next one. The next one's a big one. So. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, getting back to getting back to the uh, the to the Jason thing. So. Basically, you know that her and her friends they go to the cabin, and whatnot, and she, she's like having repressed memories of what happened to her when she was a teenager, being you know abducted by the, the creepy guy in the woods, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the, the creepy guy in the woods turns out to be Jason Voorhees. She doesn't know this because basically by the time she encounters Jason in the movie, he's already got the mask, right? Yeah, he's like fully grown and has the mask and whatnot. Yep. So yeah. she, she's trying different ways to like take this guy out of life. So she winds up hanging him. And now she's like leaving the barn and he's like kind of like swinging back and forth, you know, in front of the door. So mm-hmm. when she opens the door, he's still alive and he starts like moving and, you know, wiggling and shit and... As he's trying to take the the noose off from around his neck, that's when the mask slips up and he, or slips off, and then you can see his face. And she's like, "Oh my God, it's you!" And that's when you can see like the smile. And then he puts the mask back on as he lets himself free. And then you know. Oh wow! Yeah, that is creepy. Yeah, it's you know these are you know there are good things in most of these films. I what's your least favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie? Aside from the, uh, I'm not assuming not assuming that you're going to say the reboot, but I'm just saying leaving the reboot out of the original series of movies, the up original, to, the, uh, the original all, all the way up to Freddy vs. Jason. Let's go ahead okay. and count that one. Yeah. My least favorite of all would have to be Jason X. Really? You didn't yes, like Jason in Space? Futuristic thing? Yeah, it just did. I mean, don't get me wrong, I liked it because it was, I mean, I'll give it some props for, for being different. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm pissed off because they they took him out of Jersey and you know, and all that. But to me, it just doesn't. That one movie just doesn't make any sense. Like you know, how, like when they do a movie and, and there's like so many movies and it becomes like a franchise, right? Uh huh. So basically, a movie, in my opinion, anyway. Not it doesn't have to be everyone's opinion, but 
in my opinion, a movie, if you're going to have a franchise of movies, there there's always one movie that could either break or, or make the franchise. And I'm not saying, like, that totally broke the franchise, but to me mm. it just didn't make any sense because they did... Jason, all right, they, they did Jason Goes to Hell, right? Friday the 13th, part 8? Wrong. Part 9. Uh-huh. Uh, it was part 9. It was called, right, uh, okay. it was called, uh, G- it was called Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Yes. See, don't listen to me, everybody. So no, it's okay. Friday the 13th, part 9, right? Jason I'm, I'm, I'm the title nerd, so it's, you know. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. you should fact check me like, you know, Donald Trump, okay? Listen. I'm just I'm just a podcaster, okay? I'm just trying to make this place great again, okay? <clears throat> watch movies. They're going to be wonderful movies, okay? Correct. <laughs> Wouldn't it be, be funny so, if Trump actually talked like that? Okay. So, so um, Jason goes to hell and, and, and all that, right? Sure. So then you got Jason Jason goes to outer space. And, and it was – when I heard that they were doing this, I was probably, I want to say, in – like 11th grade and then it was many 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 years later um, mm-hmm. that the movie was released and then okay I'm like alright he's in outer space whatever but it seems to me when they did uh, uh, Freddy vs. Jason they, they totally ignored I want to say that yeah they totally ignored um, Jason J- J- because if Jason X went to hell in part 9 right so yeah, yeah. Of, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Jason or Freddy takes the form of his mother to get him to come back to life, right? I, so, I guess so. it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, I think yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So to me, not only did they they make a bad film, but they also try to ignore it. I'm not saying it's totally bad. I mean, I, the the concept was different, you know. But they should have just not. They they should have tried to incorporate it between nine and, and, uh, Freddy versus Jason. I, I, you know, I, I see, I see what you mean. It's, 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 it's kind of a weird idea that they're like, um, I'll tell you, I, I saw Jason goes to hell the final Friday and I was like, this is fun. This was a good take on this series. It had some original ideas. And then like, you know, and then there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't another Jason movie for like seven or eight years. Right. So by this by this time I'm living in you know a different place of the world I'm in Washington you know there's a the, uh, a theater that I go to occasionally to see movies in and I see a preview for Jason X and I'm like wow this is going to be fun Jason in space you know they're obviously it's self aware it's it's probably the most self aware Friday the Thirteenth movie since eight and which I'll come back to by the way although you know Jason goes to hell was self aware on a in a different way so then I did see it and I'm just like. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, because you know he died, he went to hell. How are they gonna, how are they gonna explain that when uh, it gets to space? And then you watch, and it's like, oh, they don't, they don't explain it at yeah, all. There's no, see, there's no explanation. I can't stand is they didn't explain it at all. You know. See now that, and that's the, that's the maybe the film's, <clears throat> I would say the snickering biggest flaw. I mean, it's entertaining, and to me, it's an entertaining in in other ways. But like as far as a direct sequel to. Uh, to, it sort of stands out as being kind of like almost like an alternate universe uh, uh, Jason movie, you know which you just you just might have put like a new, um, you just might have, you just might have put a new perspective on that movie for me. That even like because when I look at movies, right, and I'm not saying like I'm a I'm a critic or nothing like that, right? Right. But the only time I ever really uh, criticize movies is when they when they are in franchises because, like I said, you know there are some really great franchises out there, and then they 
the problem is they just make so so many movies uh, of the franchise, and sometimes you, you do get lucky. Like take Resident Evil for example, right? To to mm-hmm. for a second, right? Sure, the games or the films? The the the, the movies. Uh, Resident okay. Evil movies. Mm-hmm. I'm up to I'm, one of those movies were were fucking phenomenal, and I enjoyed every single one of them. So there wasn't a weak film in there, but. <laughs> Up until what you just said there, to me, I thought that the the Jason X was like a kind of like a breaker, you know, because like I said, once you start doing like a shit ton of movies of the same thing, like, for example, there's a shit ton of Friday, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So it, it seems to me that sometimes they can either go strong or they just go they just go weak to the point of, OK, well, we did like five or six of these movies, you know, we're just doing it now because the fans want it. You know, we really don't care about it. So who cares if it's, you know a weak-ass story, you, you know what I mean? So yeah. To, to me, you just put, like, a new uh, light on it. So how oh. I'm going to look at Jason X now from now on is, is maybe, like, an alternate universe because, let's face facts, you, if you're, like, you're a DC fan, you know that there's, you know, different universes within the DC universe. So oh, yeah, sure. I like that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at Jason X like that as being, like, an oh. alternate universe type deal. Like a pocket universe. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, that's an interesting way to. So for me, the low point in the series actually was uh, having having seen them all again recently. I used to feel that five was kind of a low point, but I have since revised it because <laughs> five is actually pretty interesting compared to uh, you know uh, eight. Jason takes Manhattan. Oh, uh, that's my favorite one. Really? Okay, let me tell you why that movie is garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, no. No, okay, but I mean to be fair, there are good things in it. Uh, I uh, okay, so this to me is probably the most. That's when it was really self-aware because when they resurrected Jason, because he didn't appear in number five, when they decided, okay, Jason is now a supernatural creature, which pretty much started in six, because he was brought back to life with lightning, and then and that was a fun movie, and then seven they added the uh, telekinetic girl, which was an interesting. Wrinkle in the story, which I now having seen it, you know, many years later, I, it was kind of an underused idea, although it was still very interesting oh, to add that wrinkle. And it was great seeing Terry Kaiser. It was. It did. I I didn't know Terry Kaiser was in the movie because I didn't know who he was when I first saw the film. But since then, you probably know him as Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> doing a very. Very serious role in in um, in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven and no mustache, so was, you know, right, different right. different face. Kind of looked um, could have like it could have been a Stallone sort of like related, you know. He played, like, played the uh, scumbag psychiatrist. Yeah, who seemed to be like you know who seemed to be like really on top of things until like like three quarters of the way through the movie and you're like oh oh he's he's yeah he's scumbag yeah this is this is good. but like for a while there it's like the jury was out anyway so okay so we get to eight right now seven happens and he's uh, he's under the he's he's uh, reclaimed at the uh, yeah her 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 uh, okay. Forget forget the way he dies at the end of seven because I don't I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it <laughs> but okay but when he comes back in in eight and by the way the coming back is less of a spoiler because obviously he comes back in these movies or it wouldn't be movies so yeah so, so we get to eight and he's like um, you know he's sitting under the water and then a cable it's more like electricity people but we know that his mask is is damaged beyond repair it is it is broken in half at the end of seven oh that's right yeah it was. 
Right. So when so it's like when you know that Jason's going to be in the movie and you haven't seen eight yet, you're like, well, what's he going to do about his mask? Is he just not going to wear that anymore? Is he going to, you know, he's going to go find a find a sporting goods store or, you know, how's that going to happen? And it turns out that one of the people on the boat in the beginning and Crystal Lake has a hockey mask and plays a trick on, you know, weird fucking thing is this hockey mask has a chunk taken out of an exactly the same spot. as his old mask. It's that. Yeah, that cut that's above the, on the uh, it's the left hand side on the top where the machete went in on four. That's where that. Oh, you know what so I'm there's starting a. Sl- to, I'm starting to have the because I haven't seen part eight in in, in a while, and I, so, I got so, it right on the shelf. Like I said, I just I just haven't had the time to watch it in quite a few years. Well, quite a few years. Um, I haven't watched it in a few years. So there's that. But, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think he does actually. It, it does actually have the exact same spot. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. So there's that, and this will go ahead. Yeah. To me is, well, to me, did they do that not thinking about it, or did they do that in you know maybe thinking if the audience would catch that mistake? You know what I mean? Like sometimes they do that. Yeah, I don't mean I don't even think it was a mistake. I think it was more like a, I think I think you know after watching this movie, it felt like, and I don't know any of these things. I don't know any behind the scenes type stuff, but hearing about the reading about the momentum of a lot of these movies and how up until eight, there was practically one of these films released every year uh, after like one. So like or so like when two came out and three, and it's like and they came out year after year. There was a little break I think between. I think like after I think between seven and eight, there was a little bit of a gap or something. But but then after that, it was like no movies again until Jason goes to hell, which was like four years later because eight kind of stopped things cold. <laughs> so like there, I think by that point, they're like, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, it's it's Jason. Let's see, you know, uh, Dominic Sweet gets his mask back. Um, You know, it's it's a uh, kid has a mask on it. Yeah, hey, who cares? It looks it doesn't matter. And then another thing is like Jason teleports in this movie. Like he's constantly he's moving in ways that he never moved before because Jason is a slow. Well, he's not slow, slow, but he is a plodding, indestructible force. He just keeps moving forward. He can flank you silently, but he doesn't suddenly he doesn't move like like um, Paul from Dune where it's like and you don't know where he is or or the or the other thing from Dune. uh, What's Leto the second for you Dune people out there? You know, he's he, he's not, but he does in Jason uh, Eight. In Jason Takes Manhattan, he moves with in a way that he never did before. And again, I think it's the people saying, "Hey, it doesn't matter. It's Jason." Well, it bloody well does matter because it made it, <laughs> it made it. Uh, the the movie suddenly didn't have the same logic. So it was almost like it was somebody making a what they thought a Jason movie could be, and the it, most of it wasn't even in Manhattan. No, like it start, a lot of it was on the ocean. It starts in Manhattan. It then immediately goes to Crystal Lake and then immediately goes onto the ocean for most of the movie. It's on a boat. And then the last, what, 10, 15 minutes is in Manhattan? Uh, yeah, because he died in the sewer. And, and you're right. Was, I see what you're, that was cool. I like that. That was cool. Yeah, the sewer so death. You're, 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 you're trying to get at where, you know, Jason's a very slow-moving character. It doesn't matter how fast you run because he's somehow he always catches up to you, right? Yeah, he's deliberate. He just won't, doesn't stop moving, yeah. I think if yeah. I'm going to put a logic on this... You know, <laughs> okay. I think if I'm going to put a logic on this, I think the probably the the writers of uh, that particular Jason Takes Manhattan, um, maybe they wanted him to be more ghost-like, perhaps. Sure, that makes sense. Logical, you know? 
Yeah, why not? That makes sense. I mean, he is an undead uh, thing, you know. Maybe there's, uh, maybe they're bending the rules a little bit. I mean, and you know, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, right? With the, with the obviously he's, you're right, he's not in it, right? Yeah, Mister does not appear in this movie. Yeah, so it, that was actually yeah. It's a twist ending because you think it's Jason, but it's really not Jason, you know. Yeah, that was actually pretty interesting the way they did that. And they managed to keep Tommy in the series up, and uh, you know, uh, sorry, go ahead. But, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, I, I do like the, the the Tommy character, you know. He only gets three movies, doesn't he? Yep. Ah, do you know who plays the first Tommy? Oh, it's Corey Feldman. Yes, sir. Speaking of me, Bill Murray and Meatballs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like. I mean, the only thing that I mean, I like the twist ending. Don't get me wrong, but my favorite. Uh, aspect of uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, where the the was the two hillbillies. That was that was the the funniest part of the whole movie. Oh God, the uh, the uh, the uh, the large overgrown boy and his mother. Yes. Hey Junior, you get in this fucking house and eat this stew. Uh-huh. It's or- just like she thinks he's coming and he goes, she's like, you fucking dildo. I know that you couldn't resist my stew. <laughs> oh yeah, she's so abusive, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, that movie is. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna chop some... them up into little bitty pieces. Yeah, oh, he hurt me, mommy. Yeah, it's a pretty intense film. I mean, and, I mean, yeah. So you know, most of them have good stuff in them. So I mean, I, I, you know, uh, yeah, it's that. So yeah, it'd be fair to say that uh, that's probably my least favorite of the of the series is number eight. But it's um, you know, it's in good company with. <laughs> I think well, I think my favorite is probably it's either either four or six probably four, and only because I mean it's got Tom Savini's uh, uh, makeup back in it. It's got a Corey Young Corey Feldman, and it's got uh, uh, Crispin Glover. Oh, absolutely! Actually, you know what? I, I have to agree. Um, it, well, now that we know what my my favorite one is, I, if I had to have a second favorite, and they're all pretty good actually, but my second favorite would have to be number four. Because I do love Tom Savini, I do love his work, and number four just had like that—I don't know—that Jason-style feel, I should say. Mm, yeah, they definitely had their eye in by that point on how to make those movies, where they're like, "Okay, well, you get the formula." Well, that about does it for the Antisocial Show. I'm Tyson Saner, and I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Have a good time, folks.